Happy New Year and welcome to Free Trails Rollout of the 2023 Trail Runner of the Year Award presented by Ketone IQ. I'm your host, Dylan Bowman, and for the first 10 days of 2024, we will be counting down the top 10 trail athletes in the world for both men and women, as was voted on by a thousand trail running fans from around the world. Together with the athletes, we recount their seasons, contemplate highs and lows, meditate on some learnings, and look ahead to their goals for the future. As I said, Trail Runner of the Year is presented by Ketone IQ, the game-changing ketone supplement that is taking the endurance world by storm. You'll hear more from them later, but please visit the show notes for a link you can use for 30% off your first subscription of this amazing product. It's hvmn.com forward slash free trail 30. And again, that link is in the show notes. Today, we're joined by the number five trail runners of the year, Grayson Murphy from the US and Aurelien Dunad Palaz from France. Super different, but amazing seasons from both. Grayson Murphy, all she does is win medals, double golds at the US Mountain Running Championships, and then two more medals, a bronze and a gold at the World Championships in the vertical and the up-down races, respectively. Grayson, now a two-time World Mountain Running Champion, wrapping the stars and stripes. Aurelien Dunad Palaz, what a beast. Second place at the Maxi Race in Annecy, first place at Hard Rock, and another first place at the Grand Raid Diagonal Day Fu. To make a great year even better, Aurelian just announced that he and his wife are expecting baby number two. Congrats to both Aurelian and Grayson. As usual, we will play these interviews back to back, starting with Grayson. And a quick programming note for Aurelian's interview, I'm joined by my dear friend, Mr. Fernando de Samaniego Steta, who helps translate from French to English. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you again back here tomorrow for number four. Grayson Murphy, welcome to the show and congratulations on fifth place in this year's Trail Runner of the Year. Thank you so much. <laughs> Glad to be here. Yeah. And we were, we were just saying that we're going to get you on for a long form show. For, so for those who have been listening to the Free Trail podcast for a long time, Grayson has been noticeably absent, I would say. And I'm a huge fan <laughs> of yours. So we'll, we'll save Thank the long you. form one for later. And you will be on Trail Society soon, too. So yes. Yeah. Big fan of Free Trail, too. I was Thank listening you. to your episode with Aaron Lotzi three runs ago. So wow. Yeah. Awesome. I'm going to send him a text because that will warm his heart. Too. Yeah. So, world <laughs> champions listening to his show. Yes. So of course, we're just here to celebrate 2023. Maybe look ahead a little bit towards 2024. Again, you had an amazing season. So maybe before we get into the details, I know you're somebody who likes to contemplate things, meditate on things, and that you use the pen and paper to sometimes, uh, you know, set intentions, set goals, and to process things. So maybe starting there, is there anything you want to reveal about what you're writing down right now at the end of 2023 and any intentions that you're setting for next year? Yeah, I think the biggest intention, which is somewhat out of my control, but uh, more of a hope, I guess, is just to stay healthy and can I hope that I have the autoimmune thing under somewhat of a control that is manageable so that when I do set the race goals, I can actually do them because I've had big goals the last two years and I've kind of gotten snubbed both times. So really hoping it plays out how I am really wanting it to um, for the third time, third time's a charm maybe in 2024. 
So there have been some highs and lows. We'll get to the highs here in a second. Anything that you want to say? I know you've spoken about it publicly in other places, and I'm sure you'll talk about it on Trail Society, but about the uh, the autoimmune thing that you've been dealing with and, and what it's been like to sort of go through that journey? Yeah, it's been really tough. Um, I posted on Instagram a couple of days ago, but it kind of feels like you're fighting like a fog monster because you don't really, doesn't really have a shape. A lot of doctors can't even give you a name for it. You don't know like what triggers it sometimes uh, or even how to fix it. So that's been difficult because it's very ambiguous and there's not a lot of, it's not like a stress fracture where you're like, okay, six weeks off, no running, and then you're good to go. It's like checking in every day. Are things working? Are they not? And how do we move forward? Um, So then looking at a race schedule, my coach, David Roach, has been very insightful and is like, well, let's just plan it and we're not going to be scared of this thing. Let's just plan it like with your big goals in mind. And if things come up, we'll deal with them that way. But we're not going to plan a race schedule around an autoimmune disease because that's no fun. And we don't know when it will kick up and when it won't. So we just kind of have to live life to the fullest, I guess. YOLO. <laughs> that, that's an interesting way to frame it, to not be scared of it. Do you want to mm-hmm. go a little bit deeper about that? Has been difficult to turn your back on the fear sometimes? Yeah. Um, after Worlds, I felt like I was on literally on top of the world, on top of Austria. Um, and then everything just fell apart and my body wasn't responding in any way that was normal or that I would like foresee it responding. There was no way to forecast how it would respond to things. And that was pretty scary. So it has been scary, like adding training. I might not necessarily respond in a way that I would have predicted in the past. And that's been kind of frustrating and scary because you don't know, is this too much? Is it too little? We just kind of have to do it and then see what happens. Yeah. Well, good luck in dealing with that. And I'll look forward to hearing how things play out here in the future. And I'm sure there's a lot of people that are going to be rooting for you. Of course, there were a lot of highs this year too. So (laughs) transitioning to those and maybe starting with a higher level question, you had won the world championship down there in Argentina in 2019. Mm -hmm. You double medaled at the world championship this year, a bronze in the vertical and a gold in the up down race. So first I'd love to hear you just meditate on the progress that's happened in mountain running in those four years, anything that's changed during that window and maybe comment on, on the state of mountain running more generally. Yeah. I think it's been exciting to see the wave kind of get bigger. And I definitely see more of a name brand recognition of mountain running versus ultra running. And more people are picking up on, Oh, sub ultra exists. And Trail running isn't always synonymous with 100 miles or Western states. So that's been pretty cool. Um, and I get have been slowly getting less questions of like, well, when are you running 100 miles? <laughs> and I'm like, why is that like what you go people jump to? <laughs> it's funny because I still get the question, when are you going to do the Barkley? Or when are you going to do Badwater? Yeah. I'm like, no. It never ends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they don't ask me, when are you going to go try the Vertical World Championship? Right. Um, yeah, which arguably I... To, to date, that VK is the hardest race I've ever done. Um, people just don't know. It's sneaky. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's been cool to see a progression with that. And it's getting more competitive too. And it's been really fun in the US to see like Anna Gibson and Lauren Gregory. And I've been like pushing them to get into 
stay in track and do this and you don't have to pick and like let's do all of them because the crossover and training is actually more than people think and yeah let's get more competitive competitive road people trying this because I don't think that just because you're good on the track or the road that means you'll automatically be good on the trail Uh, I think it is a different skill set but I think a lot of people can be good like Lauren and Anna and myself and uh, I think it proves too, like just because you're trail running, that doesn't mean you're less talented or that you're not as fast. It is a different skill set. So it's kind of exposing like Elliot Kipchoge is not going to go win the VK probably right. or like a technical downhill. And I think that's really fun and good for the sport of running in general. Yeah. So I was planning to ask you more about that in a second. So let's talk about it now and then come back to the world okay. championship because I want to have you talk about that a little bit more too. But you were sort of the original crossover athlete. Like you've pioneered this new generation. I'm sure people like Anna Gibson look up to you and Lauren Gregory, who you just mentioned as being a role model as somebody who can compete on the track, on the roads and on the trails. Anything you want to say about like providing mentorship for other younger athletes who are coming out of the collegiate racing system now and showing them that they have so many different opportunities to compete? Yeah, I I mean, personally, I'm an open book, so would love to share anything I've learned. I try and share that with Ona and Lauren regularly. And then the trail team that Andy Wacker started last year um, have been trying to kind of the same with them, like just disseminate information and get them out there and be like, okay, here's a race schedule. Even I was going to send a race schedule. I made a spreadsheet of like all sub ultra races and then track and road as well so that you can see if you're making a schedule like how would this all fit in and like with the series and stuff where are there opportunities to do bigger chunks of each discipline very cool so coming back to the world championship you wrote on your blog about how getting a bronze medal was sort of your your b goal which is a <laughs> good place to be in when that's a b goal for you but yeah. <laughs> i thought it was interesting about how you architected the A, B, and C tier goals. So I'd love to hear you just expand on that philosophy here because I think people can learn from it. Yeah, that's something I started in college um, with my college coach and I would just get really nervous at races. So having like tiered goals like that helped to take some of the pressure off of like, if you don't win, it's going to be a disaster. Um, showing that like there's more than one way to define success and also there are a lot of variables out of your control like maybe especially on the track if it's windy you're probably not gonna run a PR and so setting yourself up for like PR or nothing it's a failure is like setting yourself up to fail so having beagles to fall back on they're not meant to be BN seagulls um, they're not meant to be excuses but just a way to like give you a different framework to work from. So when things do get tougher, when things aren't going the way you want, like you still have something to fight for, which is what ended up happening at Worlds in the VK. I love that. So you were third in the VK. You fought for it all the way to the end, took home a bronze medal, bounced back with a gold in the classic up-down. How do you approach a world championship like that when you're racing multiple times against the best in the world in just a few-day time period? It was a little daunting. Um, I've done a couple back-to-back VK and classic races in that format before. I've actually never had a day in between. So that was kind of nice. Um, And yeah, so I think it was just kind of going into it. Training was 
we just trained really hard and hoped that that would like carry me through two days. And then the day in between was very much just like a shakeout jog and then recover as much as possible and eat a whole bunch too, to try and get ready for the next one. So coming back to the A, B and C tier goals, you said in your blog that the bronze medal performance, like it was a tough one. It didn't come easy to you psychologically. Then how, like where, how were you approaching it? Were you nervous that you weren't going to have the perfect day on, on the gold medal day? And did you have a miracle day that day? Yeah, I think I feel like the classic discipline is more within my comfort zone. Mm. Um, I don't think I'm necessarily an uphill specialist. So I think I felt like okay, I got like the race that I like less out of the way now. And now it's like my favorite race. Mm -hmm. And that was actually felt more relaxing than the VK because I feel like it's more within my like arena. Um, And I was, it kind of lit a fire under me because I think I was like, oh, I got a bronze cool, but like didn't win. So (laughs) I still have one more chance to try and win. And I want to put it all out there. Um, And then I felt like on the classic day, it was more of like a piece too, because I'd waited four years to get to that start line. So I think it was more excitement and just ready to like empty the tank fully, whatever was left after the VK and less pressure. And I felt like it was actually better psychologically than the VK day. And you were the only person to double medal this year, which was quite mm-hmm. an accomplishment. You <laughs> also wrote about you know, sort of like the psychological come down that pro athletes deal with when they have this huge goal. And even when it goes miraculously well, when you have two medals and three days, I don't on a world championship that you do have a decompression that happens afterwards, psychologically, emotionally. I, I'm sure that people would love to hear you talk about that. Yeah. It's interesting phenomenon. And even though I know it exists, like I've talked to Olympic athletes and I think they experience something really similar having it happen, it took me a few days to realize what was happening. And I remember just telling my family, like, I don't know why, but I feel very on edge right now and like a little depressed. And I can't really tell you why, but I'm telling you it's not your fault. And I think it's from worlds. Um, Then I finally got to talk to my therapist and she was like, oh yeah, like that's normal. Don't worry. (laughs) Um, But I think you've just put so much into it. And then you're kind of like, what do I do now? Cause I just accomplished this goal that I invested myself in so fully and now it's over and it was great, great experience. But like now what? Incredibly self-aware to tell your family that I'm usually just a jerk for, you know, for <laughs> an, yeah, a mysterious reason that never becomes apparent. <laughs> so, you know, to ask you the cliche question, I mean, you prompted it yourself. You were just down in Argentina again a few yeah. weeks ago doing the El Cruce race. And maybe this, we can use this as an opportunity to just talk about near-term and long-term goals. I mean, obviously you have the talent and the ambition and the pedigree to do whatever you want, right? And you were just down at El Cruce and you did a three-day stage race that totaled 100K in distance. And on your blog, you say, um, am I an ultra runner now? <laughs> so tell us about that experience and, and, and if it reframed your goals for the future in any way. It was a super cool experience. Um, would, and I got to be there with my sister and some friends and the Saucony crew was awesome. So definitely helped things. And Argentina is one of my favorite countries. Um, so it was all very cool and awesome. I think 
the stage race is I've decided to call it ultra adjacent because technically each day was not an ultra. Um, but I think I got the general idea of like the ultra mentality from that. And it was cool. It's cool to be able to like talk while you're racing and like chat with people. I've never been able to do that. And you're like eating snacks and stuff, which was kind of fun. Um, but I think for me right now, I'm still so interested in the sub ultra space and then still being fast. I still want to do a fast road marathon. And I think getting into ultras, you start to get a little too far away training wise that it becomes difficult to be so hybrid. So for now, I think I'm still very interested in sub ultra, but maybe in like a long time, <laughs> maybe in a long time. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I'm sure a lot of your fans will be eager to see you make a long course debut, but you still have a lot to accomplish. And in that spirit, speaking of a fast road marathon and being a hybrid athlete, I know you're qualified for the Olympic trials. So to the extent you can share any athletic goals that you have for 2024 before we close things down, I'm sure people would love to hear. Yeah. Yes. Well, unfortunately won't be doing the trials. Um, it's been the autoimmune thing is just a little too long and still kind of lingering. So I don't want to push anything that soon, especially the vigor it takes to do a road marathon training yep. block. Um, so we're pushing that back a little bit. And then for trail stuff, still trying so hard to get into Golden Trail because I have tried three years and both or all three times have been snubbed by something getting in the way, whether it was COVID injury or autoimmune disease. So trying four times a charm, I really hope. Um, Cause that's just a, the series is really cool. And I love the way they promote it and showcase the athletes. And I think the level of competition is really high. Um, so really hoping things work out and I finally make it to start line for that. That would be really fun. And yeah, I've been talking about that with many people recently is just the Golden Trail World Series is the standard at this point. So it gives you a lot of great opportunity to see beautiful parts of the world and have world-class competition along the way. Yeah. So we'll love to follow along with that. I've been closing these interviews with the same question for everybody. And that is just asking our guests who have all been voted as some of the best athletes in the world to give kudos and a shout out to an individual on their team for whom they couldn't achieve the things that they have. Give some, you know, give some uh, recognition to somebody who exists behind the scenes, who's helped you be so successful. Oh, um, my fiance, Logan Diekman, I would say he's been very supportive. And although we have to do long distance because he's a, pro athlete himself and has his own training and race schedule to be mindful of he's been like my rock through everything and definitely has talked me off some ledges and he can't beat all my races but he's there on the phone and support system so yeah I wouldn't be able to do what I do without him when are you getting married September 1st 2024 amazing in amazing <laughs> my anniversary is September 17th so it's great a great month. month to get married. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Grayson, congratulations on another awesome year. Even with the adversity of the autoimmune issue, you're able to accomplish so many incredible things. You're a great representative for the sport. We look forward to seeing what you do next year. Thank you so much. 
Endurance of the Year is presented by Ketone IQ, the groundbreaking endurance nutrition product that is taking the world by storm. Scientifically proven to support endurance and recovery, Ketone IQ is trusted by some of the world's top performers, from Navy SEALs and Tour de France cyclists to pro athletes across all major sports, including now many of the world's best trail runners. I use Ketone IQ daily in my training and during my working hours, often right before recording podcasts or basically anytime I need to be on my A game because that's what this is. Ketone IQ is A game juice. There's a bunch of research on their website, but a couple important stats to leave you with here. Ketone supplementation has been shown to lead to a 7% improvement in cognitive performance. They're 28% more efficient sources of energy than glucose, which you find in most energy gel products. And finally, ketones have been shown to produce a 2% improvement in endurance. You can find references to this literature again on their website. These are huge numbers that the sporting world is starting to wake up to. Ketone IQ is on the cutting edge. This is the future of sports nutrition. Take advantage by visiting hvmn.com forward slash free trail 30 for 30% off a subscription. hvmn.com forward slash free trail 30. Aurelian, um, welcome and congratulations for being recognized as the number five trail runner of the year. Thanks for joining us. Merci. Thank you. So before we get into discussing your season you just announced that you're expecting your second child congratulations to you it's been an incredible year before we get into the details tell us uh, how you're feeling to end 2023 um ma saison 2023 a été uh, a été parfaite je suis super heureux d'un point de vue personnel voilà je, on a accueilli un nouveau bébé dans notre uh, dans notre famille, euh, il grandit bien et d'un point de vue sportif, eh ben j'ai réussi mes deux gros objectifs qui étaient l'hard rock et, et la diagonale des fous. Donc euh, c'était vraiment une année, une année parfaite. He said it was a perfect year for him. Uh, I mean, winning the diagonale des fous and winning hard rock for from the point of view of sports, it was fantastic. And then having a, a baby that is growing and it's healthy, like he's super happy and, and couldn't be happier. Thank you, Fernando. Aurelian, the last time you and I saw each other was at Hard Rock. You were racing on Bastille Day, a French holiday on American soil, and you won the race in spectacular, convincing fashion. What did it mean to win Hard Rock for you, and how did you enjoy racing in the United States? Um, alors, c'était la première fois que je venais aux États-Unis. Euh, c'était déjà juste pour moi déjà une grande découverte euh, ouais, découvrir un, un nouveau pays une nouvelle culture et, et j'ai adoré ce, cet univers le Colorado c'est très sauvage euh, j'adore les montagnes euh, je me sentais super bien euh, là-bas j'étais très excité euh, à l'idée de découvrir des nouveaux paysages et, et une course vraiment atypique donc euh, donc ouais j'ai vraiment profité à 100% de cette euh, cette aventure américaine Second, so he says that it was his first time in the U.S. that he was very, very excited to discover the culture and a new country. That the landscapes were very different to what he has seen before. That Colorado is very wild. These new mountains was were sensational for, for him. Amazing. And then after Hard Rock, you recovered quickly and you won the 70k at Wildestrubel by UTMB. Did you know then that you were having a, a special season and that you were recovering well from Hard Rock and having uh, a good chance for Diagonal Defu? 
Oui, il euh, y, y avait trois mois entre mes deux gros objectifs, entre la hard rock et la diagonale des fous. Donc, c'était parfait. J'ai pu bien récupérer euh, au mois de juillet, au mois d'août. Et ensuite, euh, je suis reparti euh, vraiment à l'entraînement fin août et en septembre. Et, et c'est vrai que j'ai eu euh, tout de suite des très bonnes sensations. Euh, la course by UTMB, j'étais un peu fatigué parce que j'avais fait une grosse semaine d'entraînement avant en Corse. Mais... Euh, mais plus j'approchais de la course à la Réunion et plus je me sentais vraiment en forme, j'étais très confiant sur mon état de forme juste avant la, la, le grand raid de la Réunion. He said that there were three months between uh, Harrock and, and the Diagonale des Fous that July and August he used to, to recover, like he was a bit tired during, during the UTMB time, but then he had a lot of confidence coming into Uh, La Diagonale de Fou, that he used September to train well and, and his leg, legs were in good shape. Amazing. And you did go in with a lot of confidence to Diagonal de Fou. You won easily again. I watched a lot of the live stream on the internet and you looked so strong the entire day. What did it mean to you to win Diagonal de Fou? I know that was a big goal of yours since early in your career. Oui, c'était la Diagonale des Fous, c'était ma course de cœur euh, parce que j'étais déjà allé euh, trois fois sur l'île avant et j'avais jamais pu prendre le départ parce que j'étais blessé. Et là, je voulais vraiment être, euh, être présent, être euh, prêt à 100%. Et j'avais vraiment tout mis en place au niveau de l'entraînement. Je m'étais entraîné sous la chaleur sur, euh, sur la Corse, en Corse, euh, sur l'île française, euh, où il fait très chaud également. Je suis arrivé deux semaines en avance sur l'île et puis euh, mon équipementier Compressport m'avait fait une tenue toute blanche pour, euh, pour essayer de ne pas trop souffrir de la chaleur. Et euh, tous ces différents éléments ont fait que bah, le jour J, euh, j'étais dans les meilleures dispositions possibles. Oui, il a dit que c'est un race qui est très spécial pour lui. Et la dernière fois qu'il est allé, il était injured. So he was very, very happy and confident to do this when he arrived healthy and with a, a good block of training and, and recovered. He also did a lot of heat training at the island. He arrived two weeks before that allowed him to do all the heat training needed for, for this race. And then he also had a white kit that allowed him to uh, fight the heat easily. And that was very important for him. Yeah, the, the white kit was beautiful. The Comfort Sport white kit was really, really nice. Yeah. So Aurelian, to me, you know, living here in the United States, oftentimes, you know, when we think of great French athletes, you know, we're thinking of people like Francois and you've had such a strong career. I wondered what it meant to you to have this big sort of international breakthrough this year, winning Hard Rock, winning Diagonal des Fous, having such a strong season and to be recognized by a hundreds, thousands of uh, voting trail running fans worldwide as the, as uh, the fifth trail runner in the, in the world this year. C'est beaucoup de reconnaissance d'être, d'être au même niveau que certains grands coureurs. C'est vrai que là, je, je prends conscience que j'ai gagné deux des grandes courses du, du format ultra trail. Et ça me, ça me réconforte dans l'idée que, que c'est sur ce format-là que j'ai envie de continuer et euh, que je vais m'orienter pour les prochaines saisons. Euh, j'ai vraiment envie de, de continuer à m'entraîner pour ce format de, de 100 miles. 
Et euh, sur, les, sur les autres grandes classiques comme l'UTMB, encore la Diagonale des Fous, peut-être une autre Hard Rock prochainement. Et, et voilà, ça me motive vraiment pour, pour la suite. Et, et je suis très reconnaissant de bah, tous les messages que j'ai eus suite euh, à cette saison-là. As other great runners, French runners have done these races, he's very excited to receive this. He also got a lot of confidence from this season, and he wants to train more the 100 miles. Like he thinks he, he has a lot of strength on these type of races. So he has he wants to work to win your TMB, go back to the Diagonal de Fou, also work to to go to High Rock again, and and that he is very very happy to to have this this award. Perfect transition, Aurelian. We can start winding down by looking ahead and talking about some of those future goals. You, you did announce that because you're having your second child next year, you will not be returning to defend your crown at Hard Rock. What are your goals for 2024? C'est vrai qu'au début, je, je, je ne me voyais pas dire non de retourner à la Hard Rock et, et on va avoir un second bébé avec ma compagne euh, à peu près à cette date-là. Donc, euh, je ne pourrais pas aller aux États-Unis, malheureusement. Et, euh, et j'ai envie de retourner à l'UTMB. Donc, euh, je vais me préparer à 100% pour l'UTMB l'an prochain et probablement que je retournerai à la, à la Gigonal des Fous en fin de saison. Mais voilà, pas de Hard Rock, malheureusement. Euh, je voudrais revenir pour faire le, la course dans l'autre sens. Mais, euh, mais voilà, une prochaine UTMB... Euh, Gros, gros focus sur l'UTMB et un petit peu la diagonale des fous en fin de saison normalement. So he said that, yeah, it's very unfortunate he won't be able to return to Hard Rock because of the, of the baby. He won't be able to travel to the United States. It's a big trip and he wants to be uh, with his partner. But he will prepare 100% for UTMB. So world watch out. He didn't say that, but that's that's my <laughs> additional comment. Uh, he will prepare for the UTMB 100%. And he said that he might return to the Diagonal de Food, that that is not off the table. Like he definitely wants to go back to Hard Rock to do the other way. So that's, okay, that's going to be amazing to see. Me too. Me too. I still need to go the other way. Hopefully we can do that together in 2026. <laughs> Uh, Aurelian, I've been uh, I've been asking everybody the same final question, um, and that is to just give some recognition to somebody on your team who exists behind the scenes, without whom it would be impossible uh, to experience the type of success that you've achieved this season. Oui, bah ça, je vais, je pense tout de suite à ma compagne parce que elle, elle est pas venue à, aux États-Unis cette année. Elle est pas venue à la, à la réunion. Euh, voilà, elle a gardé notre fils à chaque fois que j'étais absent. Donc, euh, c'est en grande partie grâce à elle que j'ai pu mener euh, mon activité sportive euh, bah, de la meilleure des manières cette saison. Euh, elle m'a mis de bonne, dans de bonnes conditions et, et je pense que je peux lui, je peux lui vraiment la remercier euh, pour pour ça. Et elle est en grande partie. Euh, euh, lié à mon succès cette année. He says his partner, uh, his, his partner is the one that has allowed him to stay healthy and all the success that he's had this year. Uh, she was not able to come to the US for Hard Rock and she was also not able to go to the Diagonal de Fou to take care of the baby. And he's very, very grateful of her and 
And yeah, that's that's the person he definitely wants to recognize. Terrific. Well, Aurelian, congratulations on an amazing 2023 season. You're a great champion and you deserve all the great successes that you've had this year. And we look forward to seeing what you do next year. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Dylan. Thank you very much. And thank you to Fernando de Samaniego Steta for your great translation. Appreciate it, buddy. Of course. Merci beaucoup, Aurelien. Merci à vous. À bientôt. That's it for today. Tune back in tomorrow as the countdown continues for the 2023 Trail Runner of the Year presented by Ketone IQ. Speaking of which, don't forget, go get some ketones. HVMN.com forward slash free trail 30 for 30% off your subscription. Thanks so much to Ketone IQ for supporting the Trail Runner of the Year. Talk to you guys tomorrow. Love you. Bye. <laughs>